Happy Friday, and welcome to the Playoff Edition of the Minnesota Vikings Podcast. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm alongside Vikings.com's Tatum Everett, as well as producer Eric Davidson. And tonight's show is brought to you courtesy of Pepsi. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to today's show um, simply because we got my guy, Reggie Wilson from Care 11, who's in studio right now, and he's joining us for the entire show. Reggie, thanks for joining us. I know this show is going to be good, but also at the end of the show, we're going to do an awards type of deal. So we're going to give out offensive, defensive MVPs, as well as most improved player and then rookie of the year just for the Minnesota Vikings, just team specific. So I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that. But uh, before we get to that, I was talking about this earlier. This this may be the most buzz that I felt around this team since week one versus the Packers. Tatum and I, we've been at fan rallies all week. There's been all this, you know, promotion and marketing, getting behind this team, helping get fans hyped for a playoff game, the first home playoff game since 2017, the Minneapolis Miracle. But I was looking at Ticketmaster this morning, and $175 is the cheapest single game ticket for this upcoming Sunday's game. How, how would you just describe the energy from your standpoint? There's definitely a buzz, but I feel like it's a, a like a nervous buzz okay. because, you know, earlier this week, Kirk Cousins talked about how it's win or go home. You know, it's a little different stakes right now. And that's really what it is. And you're like, oh, my gosh, if they lose this 13 win season, this magical season, they beat the Bills, they had to come back against the Colts. All that is just done. Right. And so you're like, OK, they beat the Giants before. You know, it took a crazy, ridiculous franchise record field goal, but they've done it. I feel like the fans are like, ah, I don't know. I don't I don't want it to end, but it could because <laughs> it's just like this team is just you don't you don't know what you're going to get week right. to week with them. For me, I think that this feeling is more or less a silent confidence within this mm-hmm. group because I think they're getting more healthy. I think that that Giants game you know, like you said, it took it down to the wire in overtime, needing a historic field goal to win. However, I feel like they know that this is a matchup that can play well, and this team bounces back from really terrible performances. I wouldn't call the Bears game the bounce back because the first half was so great, but that was just one half. I I think that this team is able to see what happened both in the Packers game and then the Giants game before that. And I think that that's really what they're focused on this week. And and as a fan, I think that's what I would be focused on is just knowing that this team responds well to, you know, having their tail between their legs, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that this is a game where you come into understanding what the other team has, right? Saquon Barkley, that offense, and then a defense that blitzes the most in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I think that gives this Minnesota Vikings team a lot of advantage. The offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, Wes Phillips, he said, you know, there are certain plays that essentially he wish he would have called, but he, mm. he's glad that he did not call them simply because of the fact that he gets another opportunity to do so. And um, in my opinion, I think a lot of those plays would probably go more towards Dalvin. Um, mm. In the first quarter, Dalvin Cook against the Giants on Christmas Eve, six carries, 41 yards, over, over five yards per carry. The next three quarters, only eight carries combined Mm. so you look at that and say okay well hopefully we can get Dalvin involved my question for you is if if someone told you that Dalvin Cook had almost 1500 all-purpose yards this year would you believe it I would believe it okay because there has been a little bit of a concerted effort to get him more involved in the passing game I mean that pass from Cousins to him 
the screen yeah. in the, the Colts, Colts game. Yeah. yeah, like that was electric, right? And honestly, we have seen Dalvin break some big ones this year. And it's interesting, especially because he's played every game this season. That hasn't happened in his career. And so, you know, shout out to the sports science team and, and everybody that's been working on Dalvin week to week because he hasn't been like 100% this year. He's battled through that shoulder thing. Yep. And so I would say that I believe it, but it is interesting. I was reading an article on uh, Strib, I think uh, Ben Gessling wrote, one in every four carries that Dalvin has is either uh, stopped behind the line of scrimmage oh, wow. or no gain. And it's just like, wow, like... Even with that, he's he's over a thousand yards rushing, and as you said, yeah. fifteen hundred all-purpose yards. Like, that's incredible. That's an incredible stat. But it also is a testament to Kevin O'Connell. I made a joke, and it's funny. Well, it was funny to some. <laughs> that as long as you laugh, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Well, it maybe, better be funny now that you prefaced maybe it. Maybe for maybe for my own humor. But I said uh, KOC is more committed to the run than some people are committed to their marriages. <laughs> And <laughs> that's funny. It's it's kind of the case, like for better or for worse, KOC is going to run that rock. Mm -hmm. And that's a testament to um, what you've seen with Dalvin rushing for over a thousand, fifteen hundred all purpose yards like he's riding Dalvin. That's yeah. for better or for worse. And as you said, maybe maybe he can ride him a little bit more. If you would have told me that, not knowing any of the context of the season, I would have been like, oh, this team is definitely a run first team. This mm -hmm. team needs the run to be established in order to pass, which I don't really think is the case right now. I do think this is more of a pass first mm -hmm. run yeah. response. And, and even more so, I don't think I would have believed you that the team would have started games so slow because that run game has been slow to go sometimes because of the deficits they've encountered in the beginning of games. So that, that would be my reaction mm -hmm. because he's still able to put up numbers like that despite the absolute change in the way this offense looks and works from past seasons and then the deficits, the slow starts this team has been accustomed to. Uh, for me, I think this is going to be another TJ Hawkinson game. Mm. I know that they know what he can do after his career day against them, but this Giants team is awful against tight ends. I think they are 28th in the league, bottom five against tight ends. So for me, that's kind of where I'm my eyes on. I think he's going to have a monster game again. And who knows, maybe we'll see a little bit of two tight end sets with Irv Smith out there making yeah. some blocks for him or doing something in the work. So for me, it's a TJ Hawkinson game. I could see that. I, I could see it being a KJ Osborne game simply because uh, of the uh, fact uh, that mm -hmm. a lot of attention is going to go to TJ Hawkinson. Um, it would be great for TJ to have another, you know, 13 or 12 catch performance and two touchdowns. But I, I just think when, when you have a player that, gets that amount of yardage and has that amount of production against you, your number one or at least number two goal is to make sure you minimize that. I mean, it's going to be tough to stop everybody, right? Especially right. with Irv Smith Jr. back, but I mean, you still got JJ. You still got TJ. So it's, I think this is a big KJ Osborne game just, just for that and the fact that uh, KJ Osborne is the leading receiver in the past few weeks for this Minnesota Vikings team. I, I just think he's primed for another big game. Yeah, and it's interesting too, uh, Xavier McKinney was talking about them getting a Dory Jackson back, which should be a good addition for them. Uh, Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, is kind of one of those rising names. It's, it's weird to say that because he's an old school, older guy, mm -hmm. but I think uh, I saw Ian Rappaport talking about he's going to get some head coaching consideration. 
um, with the Ravens the last few years, now with the Giants. And he's built the bully on that defensive side of the ball, and they've got some guys. Yeah. You know, even Landon Collins came yeah. back, pick six, and, right. you know, looking like 20, what, 16 what, what or whatever. A story, though, yeah, right? really awesome thing. So that defense is nothing to sneeze at, but I, I do think that the Vikings just have so many weapons. So many weapons to try to exploit. And then you mentioned Swervo coming back. Yep. Like, that is a, a, a very much, like, added advantage for this team. So I think that's why, like, you look at the Vikings and you're like, man, they can do something. Like, they can go far. But it's just a matter of that consistency happening and if they can put it all together. Because they got threats all over the place. If you're not worried about J.J., you're worried about K.J. If you're not worried about K.J., you're worried about T.J. or Irv. Oh, my gosh, and they got Dalvin. And if it's not Dalvin, oh, you're worried about Madison. He's come on. And so it's just weapons all over the field that they can exploit that Giants defense. Well, uh, I'm still going to ride with my Hawkinson thing. I really am. I was really good last week in my winning formula uh, prediction. If I say so myself, did it once, I'm one for one. No, I I do think that I I agree with you. I think K.J. Asmar would be great. It's it's hard because JJ had you know over a hundred yards last game and mm. he hasn't um, obviously not had a great week the past two weeks because he didn't play the entire game. So I mean I think your major players are going to have major major roles. I know this Giants team is tough, but they feel very lucky to be here. They're way ahead of schedule, yeah. way ahead yep. of schedule. Yep. And, and I mean you could even almost say I wouldn't say the same thing about the Vikings because they did come in with so much more talent. But you're, this personnel and the, this Vikings team is just too much. I don't know if I've ever been this optimistic in a podcast this season now that I'm talking. I'm not sure where it's coming from, honestly. Man, uh, please keep that interview. <laughs> I'm usually I'm energy. usually pessimistic every week, single week. For some reason this week I'm like, no, I think I think it's good. I also think that um, the comments made about oh, these Midwest people are just too nice. It wasn't that loud. Okay, joke's on that guy, Nick Gates. He's about to be in for a rude awakening on oh, Sunday. Yeah, yeah that's a, that was that was bold. That was very bold. I hope we make like a video. We should make something like, like, hey, Midwest people, you're being too nice or something. We should tell Game Press. Minnesota nice. I bet they don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I bet they don't listen to me at all. (laughs) But I mean, I mean, that that was a a playoff game for for them uh, Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had a whiteout game. It it was so loud at U.S. Bank Stadium. So. They, I, I do believe the the New York Giants will come in with that mindset of okay, we've played here before, uh, we know how to get a lead. Now it's just sustaining a lead, and then for the Minnesota Vikings, you're just saying, all right, all we got to do is just maintain what we what we've done, keep this momentum. Yeah, it won't be a whiteout, but. It's going to be just as loud, if not louder, than that first game against the the New York Giants. And honestly, this is the first round matchup that you want. Right. You know, as Tatum said, like, they're not the scariest team. You know, you you don't look at them and you mentioned Saquon. That's about it. You you look at the the weapons that they have on offense and there aren't very many. Daniel Jones and Saquon. Those are the two guys that scare you. One of those guys is the quarterback. But he has to be throwing it to people. He's he doesn't have like what is it, Isaiah Hodgins like yeah. the guys that you just really don't even know Richie who they James. are. Right, right. Richie James <laughs> dropped so many passes that first right. game. You know he should be ashamed of himself. Right. So I, I just don't know why you would be too scared of him. But it's a playoff game and people play their best when it's required. So uh, what's required right now is going to break. And uh, when we get back from the break, we'll have more with Reggie Wilson from Care Eleven. So we'll be right back. Hey, Vikings fans, right now you can pick up a commemorative Vikings Cup at U.S. Bank Stadium. Fill it with an ice-cold Pepsi, and you'll be ready for football watching. 
Spa Montage is the Twin Cities' premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Chanhassen, there's a Spalon close to you. Visit online at Spalon.com. All right, the wild card edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast is back as we welcome you inside the radio studio here at the TCO Performance Center in Egan. Uh, my name is Gabe Henderson. Tatum Everett is alongside me. And, and uh, Reggie Wilson from Care 11 is still here. And uh, Reggie, we were talking at the break, and I, I got to start off with this. There are five head coaching positions open right now, right? Uh, the Panthers, Colts, Cardinals, Broncos, Texans. Every year we see so many names thrown around. Okay, well, this guy's getting an interview. This guy's getting an interview. I haven't heard many Vikings coaches getting interviews just yet. From your standpoint, do you see any Vikings coaches getting interviews uh, for some of these head coaching vacancies that are that that is available right now? It's interesting because some of the names I think are some of those hot names yeah. or also some like flamed out like retreads. You yeah. see that every year. Jim Caldwell. Yeah, Dan Quinn. Actually, I would love to see Jim Caldwell on the sideline. That would be nice. You know, you see all these guys that are, you know, Sean Payton's getting kicked around again. So it's interesting that any, you know, none of the Vikings uh, coaches are being talked about right now. I think it's because of I've been hearing a lot of that F word okay. from a lot of the people the last few weeks, the fraud word. Okay. And I don't like that because it's like, look, you get to 13 wins and that's that's a really good season. You know, team struggle. I remember talking to Tony Dungy before the Thanksgiving game, and he was like, the year we won the Super Bowl, we got blown out uh, to end the regular season. And people were down on us like, oh, they're not going to do anything. They're done. And they ended up riding a hot streak all the way to the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl. And that's the same thing that could happen here. And so I think, you know, it's a little premature right now, but I think if – the Vikings start to, you know, ride a little bit of a streak, or even if people just look at the totality of the season, you might see guys like Wes Phillips. You know, his family is legendary. You might see him getting a look. The Vi- uh, the Vikings' offense was pretty good this year. You might look at a guy like, man, I love Matt Daniels so much. That guy has an it about him. Yeah. You may see that. And I just, I think those two guys in particular, you'll see. Um, but maybe maybe we'll see more. But I think those two are, are the two guys that you'll probably see kicked up in some of those conversations. I, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. I think Matt Daniels is kind of a real hot name under the radar. I think that this coaching staff still needs to marinate a little bit, right? I think what what counts against Wes is that he's not getting those play calling duties, right? And so they they want to see what he's able to do. How Kevin O'Connell didn't get a call in his first year being offensive coordinator. I mean, he kind of marinated a little bit the teams that have success. So I I think that it's coming. I do not think it would be this year because I do think that for the most part, I mean, you're looking at Ed Donatel. I mean, if he hasn't been a head coach yet, he probably won't be, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's fair. I'm just thinking about Mike Zimmer. Um, he got a head coaching job that's true. Uh, later in his career. But but yeah, I, I think he would have to marinate sure. a little bit longer. Too yeah, to and people so, have been kind of down on the defense this year. A yeah, bit. so I, yeah. I think that a lot of those names, they're, they're, it's coming. It just yeah. it might not be, be this season. And that's also because I like all these people, so I'm really selfish. Yeah, keep them there. And like I kind of want to keep yeah. them here. Like, like, please don't leave us, Matt Daniels. You are really cool. And yes. I really like, you know, having you on the team. And yeah. so, you know. Yeah, that's part of that's part of it for me too. But I I do think they need a little bit of time. And that's not a knock against anybody. 
Yeah, because to your point, they weren't plucking McVay's guys right away. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden the Rams go to the Super Bowl. They're just like, okay, who can we get? Uh, who do you guys have? Zach Taylor. Let's go with Zach. He coaches quarterbacks? That's fine. He could right. be a head coach. He's He's got it in his family. Yeah, I mean, they may get some interviews, maybe like one or two. I mean, I would yeah. see if this team makes a run, I see a couple of interviews. But I'm not I'm not sure if, if that would be the number one choice because – it's first first year special teams coordinator, first year offensive coordinator. Like it's a lot of firsts on that side. So yeah, I could see that for sure. I think those are those are all really good points. And um, I'm going to use these last, I guess, five or six minutes to give out some awards. Mm. I'm not going to give out any, but uh, I, I would like to hear your thoughts on some of these awards. Uh, Reggie Wilson from, from Care Eleven is here, and uh, Reggie, first and foremost, we'll just put this together: offensive and defensive MVPs. Offensive MVP, it has to be Justin Jefferson, right? I mean, 1,800 yards this season. Like, the dude was a dude this year. What if it wasn't J.J.? If it wasn't J.J.? Kirko change. Probably Kirko. Okay. Kirko, so here's the thing about Kirk Cousins. Dang, man, I've become a little bit of an apologist for. <laughs> That's okay. He's was, made you. He's made everyone apologize this year. Yeah, and I don't. But this is the Outside thing. I don't. I don't like who I become when I'm an apologist because for years I was a Sam Bradford apologist. Okay. And it didn't. It didn't go well for for Sammy B. But here's the thing with Kirk. All those fourth quarter comebacks this year, and the games that he has struggled. Sometimes in those games, I don't feel like he was to blame. That Eagles loss, he threw some dimes in that game. I don't think it was to – things just kind of like snowballed on him yeah. a little bit. You know, when when those games go bad, I think the first thing people do is blame the quarterback. And there's a little bit more blame to go around on these team, on this team when they don't play well. But it seems like people were ready to write him off in that coast game. He threw that pick six, and it's just like, oh, Kirk being Kirk. And then <laughs> he brought him back, and then you're like – Okay, nobody is really talking about it. But then all of a sudden his jersey is going to Canton right. for his efforts in that comeback victory. So it's like he's not doing nothing, you know. So I, I think that he should get a little bit more credit. I'm actually looking forward to this playoff run if they yeah. can do it. Uh, and him just kind of proving himself because this year he does look like a different guy. And he doesn't look like – I mean, the numbers may not be as large as they've been before, but like the play, when you look at it, just your eyes looking at Kirk, He's making the right decisions with the football, and he's balling out, like rolling out, running. We haven't seen that I've from never Kirk seen Cousins, it. you know? No, never seen it. He can really make a lot of people shut their mouths yeah, right now. Yeah, And it's not just him, and it's not yeah. his fault. And I, I think people just don't see him as top five, top ten. Like, that's just not where they see him. And this is the team that can make that happen for him, starting with a 3.30 kick on Sunday. Yep. Uh, Kyle Brand on Good Morning Football gave in an alarming statistic that oh, I really man. don't want to repeat. Oh, man. <laughs> For Kirk's record with Washington and the Vikings, he went back to Michigan State, but I'm not going to include that. Um, Dang, that's but not he fair. doesn't, he yeah. doesn't, he yeah. has like the 330s, just not his friend. They call mm. him the new nightmare for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Oh, is that a thing? New nightmare. New nightmare. A lot okay. of memes, a lot of memes going around. Okay. So I, I think he has a lot, I, I don't think he has a lot to prove. I think he just, Needs to go out there and be himself and and just try and be better at that time slot because it's not in his favor. But I don't I don't get that same feeling as like a three twenty five kick in Lambo, right? Yeah. Like I don't get that same feeling. Yeah, defensive MVP. This is tough. There's a lot of guys I feel like it could go to, but you know, for the sake of this, I'll go Patrick Peterson. Oh wow! I think okay. you can only go Patrick Peterson. That's just my opinion. I would go Daniel Hunter, but really, I think how he came on as of late, at least the last couple of weeks. Like, really? it, I mean, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, th I think he ended the past few weeks with the sack. 
He's a, the team leader in sacks. Um, what he's done against the run has been underrated. But that that's just me. And I feel like people really haven't shown him a lot of love this year right. because the numbers aren't flashy. He's not like going in and dominating these games as we've seen. But he's another guy. Yeah. He played all the games. I think it's something to be said about what they're doing to keep these guys healthy and fresh because him, Dalvin, both of those guys playing every game this season, and you're like, that's refreshing. Right. And so, look, at least he's out there and he's doing his thing. I, I wouldn't have thought that. Maybe I would have said maybe Zadarius. You know, well, with, Zedarius with has been production. a little bit banged up. He admitted he's been this banged week. Up he's all been year, banged up. I feel like. And that's why his numbers, I think, dropped off and yeah. Daniel's numbers went right. up. So I think mm-hmm. it, that that's why I think that's why I think it's P two because only P two would go into a locker room and say we only need five touchdowns, mm-hmm. and it actually happens. Yep. The <laughs> man is just playing like vintage Patrick Peterson. He loves this team. He plays with his whole heart. You watched him in the revenge game. Five interceptions, the most tackles of his career. He's got double-digit pass breakups. I just feel like this guy is the heart of the defense. And he's bringing up guys like Cam Dantzler. He's bringing out a Duke Shelley. I mean, this, to me, like, I I will forever be a Patrick Peterson fan after the way he treats his his guys in the locker room, the way he treats his defense, the offense, the way he motivates. Honestly, that's you why know, she's so passionate right now because it's LSU I mean, guy. sure, but like <laughs> I think I think I would feel that way anyway. I really yeah. would. But yeah, I do. I do think that he just to me is just the heart of this defense. So therefore, that he's my MVP. No Pro Bowl love. Yeah, I tweeted that out That's the dumb. other day. I'm like, he's not even a Pro Bowl dumb. alternate. But I think we got about 30 seconds. Most improved player and rookie of the year. I think I would put it. People have given Ed a lot of grief, but he's played every game. Yeah, in the fire. Yeah, maybe just by virtue of that. You know, Ed is the only offensive player to play in every snap on this mm-hmm. team this whole season. So, yeah, I think you give it to Ed. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Most improved. Most improved. Cam Bynum? Okay. But he was, he was playing well last year in, in relief of, of Harrison. Well, when he did play yeah. in relief of Harrison Smith. But I would give it to him. He's been making plays this year. My vote is Garrett Bradbury. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. He hasn't played in the past. I get it. Because when he's absolutely. played, he's been no, great. You've yeah, noticed yeah, where yeah, he did it. He, he yeah. noticed his absence yeah. and just yes. all of the negativity heading into the season about how he's got to prove himself this year after yep. he didn't pick up his contract yeah. option. Yep. I'm I'm going Garrett Bradbury. He played himself into some money this year. Oh, for sure. It's good and for him. That center position is a is a hot commodity every offseason. So. Very valuable, as you can tell, this season. Hopefully he'll play this week. Maybe he won't. Who knows? But the full injury report is on Vikings.com, so make sure you stay tuned to that. But uh, Reggie, pleasure having you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. For Reggie Wilson, Tatum Everett, and Eric Davidson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys again for tuning into another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. Mm-hmm.